So you actually are called to minister to the needs of the people. So work out what the people need and then do that and do it well. Just be yourself, which is so easy to hear and so hard to actually find your groove on. And I do think some of the best creativity comes out of your team, so rely on your people and let them imagine with you and collaborate together around what's appropriate for your church and your congregation. This is the Hillsong Creative Podcast, where we hear from creative experts and influencers, the dreamers and the doers, what they've learned and what we can learn from their journey as we explore, respond and create. I'm Rich Langton and on today's episode, it's part two of our interview with Cass Langton, our global worship and creative pastor. In last week's episode, we had part one of this interview where Cass talked about creativity in the church and being artisans as evangelists. If you didn't get to hear that yet, I would highly recommend that you do, that you go check it out, listen to it because there's a lot of wisdom in there. But the conversation continues here on part two where Cass talks about what it's like to work with gifted people. They cover a whole lot of ground, but one thing to note is Cass's emphasis on finding your voice. As creatives, it's so easy to emulate other people, but often we, we've got to work on our craft enough and hone our craft enough that we're actually presenting our unique self, who God would have us be, not just a copy of someone else. So as we jump into the interview, look out for those things, and I'm sure you'll be blessed and inspired. Hello, dear listener, wherever you may be, welcome to the Hillsong Creative Podcast. My name is Gabriel Kelly, and today we have a real treat for you. We are here with our global creative pastor, Cass Langton. If you heard our last episode, it was part one of our conversation with Cass, uh, a wide-reaching and far-ranging conversation, and I'm excited that today we have part two for your listening and auditory enjoyment. So please stick around. You are not going to want to miss a second of this. Just going through the list of people, our friends, the people we work with. Yep. It's quite an interesting list. We wrote, we wrote it down. <laughs> Who do we Smith, work with? Brooke Ledgerwood, Ben Fielding, Joel Houston, Aidan King, all the guys who are in part involved in our team across the board. We have a, an incredible wealth and depth of creative geniuses, really gifted people. Yes, um, we do. Grammy award winning songwriters. <laughs> like Oscar-winning filmmakers in waiting, all these incredibly talented people. But you are one of the first worship pastors who's not actually a Sunday platform worship leader. Who can't leader. do anything. <laughs> I was trying to be more diplomatic than that. Um, right. But yeah, you don't lead worship. Nope. But you lead the worshipers. Right. You don't do a lot of the things that you lead, um, but still your calling and your mandate is to push them forward and bring the best out of them. Right. Um, Tell me a bit about that journey for you. Was that intimidating coming on having to lead these people who are so platform gifted? I think our team are exceptional in terms of they don't flaunt their gifts. Actually, they're all incredibly humble and often I think you forget Hmm. how amazing they are. Hmm. So 
take for example United I can remember the first time I went on a tour bus with United and people are screaming and like there are fans like proper fans at airports waiting for them I remember laughing going JD is this like for you (laughs) yeah and our guys are so humble that you don't ever see that stuff and Uh they don't flaunt it and in fact most of them probably struggle with a lot of insecurity issues around their gifts and it's it's I often feel like my role is to champion them and to encourage them rather than be intimidated by them. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where do you think that humility that a lot of our guys carry comes from? I think there's something about being Aussie, right? (laughs) I think we definitely keep each other humble and we cut each other down and there's a lot of teasing that goes on that doesn't let people get a big head. And I don't think as a nation we cope with that in people. Right. That when you see it, you call it out. Yeah. Sometimes good, sometimes to our detriment. And I think too, there's a real, um, in our church and our church's history, we've seen a lot of people come and go Uh in key significant positions, which makes you realize that God uses the available, not the most talented. Right. And so I think there's a humility that comes from that in our team where they realize that they're all replaceable. And if they're not doing what they do, God will bring the next person. And he continues to because he's more about generations and longevity and his message and humanity than Mm -hmm. he is about one person's gift and talent. Yeah. One thing we say often um, is that, you know, the anointing is on the house. Right. You know, it's an anointing on our church, a mandate on our church. Right. Rather than an individual, so to speak. Um, Some wisdom around that from you on how to then lead a team of creatives, people who are looking at this giant platform where, yeah, there's fans outside screaming, um, leading people who have these visions in front of them maybe wanting that maybe not is that something that you have to be mindful of when leading our teams because our creative team probably globally is ten thousand strong how do you think about the person at the bottom newest layer of our team and the person who's yeah i think the nice thing about our team is that it's never been about the big platforms it's always been about sunday yeah and so we are very much a local church committed to ministering to a local community whether that local community is in bella vista in sydney or new jersey new york or stockholm sweden i think our focus from the most prominent person to the least known person is this weekend when the mom and dad and three kids come in, will they encounter Jesus? Are we creating a Sabbath for them? Is worship authentic and meaningful? Are we being true to ourselves and to who God is? And are we doing the best we can for those people? I think that's pretty much as glamorous as it gets. And we always say home surprise. And so the church and our people that we love and the community that we work in and walk in and out of day in and day out, they matter. Yep. From my own experience, it's in the best possible way beaten into us at an early age that home <laughs> is the prize. Right. And Sunday's, Sunday's game day. That's what we're here for. All right. the other stuff is great, but like what matters most is home. Right. Um, and you do a great job of creating that for our guys so that even the guys who do travel, they feel welcome when they're at home rather than away. And the guys who are new and starting out, they're excited to be involved in it. And then it's an honor for the guys to travel because they take home on the road right? They actually let people glimpse a little bit of what God's doing amongst us. Yeah. Have you had to manage people's expectations who maybe are a bit starstruck and maybe looking for that life, looking for the traveling, being on an album? Have you had to crush people's dreams or redirect their (laughs) dreams is a better way to put it? Have Um, you had to encounter much of that? Pastor? 
yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think that that is our job. Like we talk a little bit about pastoring people's creativity and pastoring the person. Yeah. And I think when you see people who want the fame and want that stuff, you realize that that's a developmental and a discipleship issue because Jesus was always, if you want to be first, to be last. Mm-hmm. If you want to be great, be the servant of all. Like our job is actually to go, that's not the goal. That's fool's gold. You think that means something that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And I think the longer that you're around in this environment and you get a saved seat or you get a car park or you get like the benefits of the recognition, the more you realize that none of that actually matters. Going mm-hmm. on tour, it's not what it's about. Being on an album is not what it's about. Like it, it literally is about Jesus and being his disciple and making him known and whatever you find in your hand to do, that's where you do it. I love that. It's who we are. Right. It is who we are. To the ground. Yeah. Changing tack a little bit, if it's okay with you. Yep. Um, I think it's obvious watching you on a Sunday at a conference at a big scale event. I feel like you're really in your grace zone leading our team, but it's also clear you've got a really great working relationship with our global senior pastors, Brian and Bobby Houston, and our lead pastors here in Australia, Joel and Julia Abel. Um not every creative pastor is blessed with a great relationship with their senior pastor. Is that something that you've had to cultivate and build trust over time? Can you tell us a little bit about that journey? I think they're pretty exceptional, actually. (laughs) That helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I think they make it really easy. I guess I've done 20 years at church, so there's a lot of history. Uh I've stuffed up a lot of times and they've been very gracious. (laughs) And I think um, they've backed me when I didn't deserve it. And they have um, endorsed me when I don't think I was the right person for the job. And they have spoken to the potential in me. Yeah, Brian's gracious, actually. And he's incredible to work with. I meet with him most Tuesdays when he's home. And he is very good at sharing vision, direction, his heart, what he, what he wants to see in our team. And he's not afraid to tell it straight. And I think when I was younger, that used to crush me. Right. <laughs> and I would go home in tears sometimes because I didn't understand. Now with maturity, I'm like, oh, this is so much easier to work with because it just <laughs> is what it is. Just and now I point. know what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Um, Bobby's the ultimate creative. And so we work closely together on color and sisterhood and things that are in her heart. She's inspiring because she, I think she probably should be leading our creative team. Like she's the one who... <laughs> sees God in pictures and color and uses all the poetic words and it's beautiful. She's really easy to work with. I feel like there's a real natural synergy with her and always has been. She dreams about God. She's very prophetic. So like that flicks all my switches and Joel and Julia who lead Australia are releasing and empowering and they are incredible at creating space for our team to actually bring ideas and suggestions and um, their own talents to the table. Yeah. So, like, I feel like my job's not hard because they're actually all right. incredible leaders. Yeah. Let's camp there for a second. You said it's easy for they create space for us creatively. Right. Um, have you? You've got a great working flow with those guys. Is it easy for you to bring ideas to the table? Is that something you've had to build confidence in? Do you feel like you've got a strong voice there, which you've always had, or have you had to develop that over time? As far as bringing that to the table? I think it all develops over time, right? So as you get wins on the board, there's more trust. As you do what you say you'll do, I I think lots of it's about consistency and showing up and coming prepared. I um, 
I think that most of the meetings that you have, like I meet with Brian every Tuesday, but we only talk if I've got stuff to talk about. So it's all about me being proactive and coming with things. Uh-huh. And it's the same with creativity. When we bring pictures and ideas and briefs to the table that they can see, then they're happy to back what we have thought to do for yep. Easter or Christmas yep. because they can see that there's actual legs behind it. Yeah. I think if you want people's trust, you have to earn it in every sphere and you develop it over time and you take what's offered and then you do what you're asked to do and then hopefully next time there's more trust given. Huh. You, like I think it's incrementally yeah. earned. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because so, I think some people listening would probably feel frustrated that their senior pastor doesn't listen to them or doesn't right. appreciate what they have to give or whatever else. But you've just flipped that on its head and you've said your job is to release them and right. to make their job easier. I um, think our whole role is to listen to what's in their heart. Like I spend lots of my time with my notebook open in church and Brian will say, oh, I'd really like, like he'll say things. And I go, oh, we should translate that into a song. We should make that into that. We should remember that for something. So for example, the other Sunday, Steve Penny prophesied over Bobby mm-hmm. and he had a real word for her which I think was significant mm-hmm. well we're going to incorporate that into the color opener mm-hmm. because it was so significant so I think you have to have ears to hear where the church is at and not just push your own creative bandwagon so we have to actually create authentically to who our senior pastors are mm. and it's not my job to make them do what I want to do right <laughs> right so we often cull a lot of things that we would like to do in deference to who they are and what makes sense for them. Yeah. On that, you talked briefly about working with Bobby and I know you're closely involved with working on the Color Conference, which if you look at Color Conference over the years, the imagery, the storytelling, the creativity is centerpiece of you know right. rolling out that experience. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to work with her on creating that? What's the, what's the process look like? I think over time, actually, she has allowed us space to collaborate with her, which is really fun. So in the early days, I think everything was out of her heart and driven by her and very much documented. And I want this photo and this and that and something else. And now working with Jay and Noodle and our team and our film and TV team, there's a lot more trust in what we all bring to the table. So she wants to give everybody space. So we have a lot of meetings and they're long meetings. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. But but they're more collaborative in nature oh, now rather course. than just and, her handing out. And she very much, like, we are all very respectful of the fact she is God's choice to mm-hmm. lead colour. Yeah. And she very much hears from the Lord as to what she feels the direction is. But then she'll say, okay, well, what are you feeling? What do you think about this? Right. And we now will actually come and do a whole lot of work beforehand and go, Bobby, here's seven, eight, nine ideas Here's an opener idea, two opener ideas, wondering if we could do this. What if we mess up this session like this? And she's happy to say yes. She's happy to say no. Mm-hmm. And she's happy to go, I'll just trust you guys on that one. So there's meetings. There's briefs that are created. There's a whole lot of documentation that floats around. There's ideas that go back and forward. There's text messages at 12 o'clock at night. Yep. <laughs> like there's a lot yep. of that sort of thing. And she constantly pushes us to think younger, which I love. It's a generational message. Who are you bringing through? What other voices are we hearing? Mm. I like that a lot. I like it too. Hey, don't go anywhere. We're going to jump straight back into the interview. But just wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our brand new There Is More album from Hillsong Worship. The album launches on April 6th, but you can go to hillsong.com forward slash worship to pre-order it now. Go get it. It's going to be so good. 
any encouragement you would give to young creative pastors or leaders about serving the vision of their senior pastor? Like, as they yeah, I feel like um, everything's communication, hey. Mm. And so the more that you can understand, the better off you are. I, like I would tell our team, I feel like we should over communicate with the people who are in pastoral leadership over us, and we should make sure we're communicating what we think we're doing and what we think they want. Truth is, the Lord says that he gives you everything that you need for the functioning of the church. So I think if you are in a smaller creative team, then you should create in keeping with the size of your church, in keeping with their budgets, in keeping with your resource. So if you're trying to do a colour style opener in a church of 70 people, it's going to be overkill. If you're trying to put in crazy lights and sounds and tracks and arrangements, it's ridiculous. Too much. Right? So you actually are called to minister to the needs of the people. So work out what the people need and then do that and do it well. So if what you do is acoustic worship, do it to the best of your ability and make it beautiful and trust God to reveal himself in it. But don't try to create an opener every Sunday morning if you don't have the resource for it. Yeah, you got to do you. Got to do you. Yeah, and I Absolutely. think... Like people tell me that every time you go to preach or do something, just be yourself, which is so easy to hear and so hard to actually find your groove on. At every level. But I often go to churches that are copies of ours and I feel like they've lost the soul. But when they have taken the spirit and they outwork it in accordance with who they are, it's beautiful. In a way that's authentic to them, hey? Yeah, you're right. And I do think some of the best creativity comes out of your team. So rely on your people. And let them imagine with you and yep. collaborate together around what's appropriate for your church and your congregation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one more thing I'd love to talk about would be my favorite conference that we ran last year. Our <laughs> first ever Hillsong Creative Worship and Creative Conference. Right. It was really good. Yep, it was unbelievable. It actually exceeded my expectations, if I'm honest with you. I had a feeling Stop. going into what it. What were your expectations? We were creating something from scratch with a blank piece of paper, right? Yeah. And I guess I was a little bit fearful that it would just look like everything else that we did Uh and it wouldn't have its own unique flavor. It would be just lesser. Uh And it actually was more and Mm. it had a niche and it fit into a space that I think was beautiful. For me, it felt like just a big team night Mm. and it felt warm and inviting and... I felt like I talked to so many creative pastors and musicians and vocalists and architects and people who do what we do day in and day out that I felt like they were our people Mm. in the room. And so we became family pretty quickly and there were moments of incredible God encounter, which I guess we fasted for a period leading into conference and, and really sought God to do something special. And I feel like from the moment it started, it, it was, there was a real tangible sense of God's presence and he surprised us with his grace and his goodness. Yeah. And that Midnight Massive was beautiful. There were a, and lot of, a lot of special moments. Yeah, and just different things, I guess. Yeah. So that Artist Still Lives Here session yeah. where people told their testimonies about what it took to remain creating in the middle of life's storms yeah. was beautiful. And I unboxed sessions where yeah. like you and Rich and all sorts of yeah, people yeah. spoke. like. I loved watching the creativity that comes out of our team yeah. in 15 minute preach slots and yeah. what we can do when we imagine. Yeah. Um, what do you see for the future of that conference as we kind of, yeah, right. for want of a better term, explore, respond and create yeah. towards this year? What's your hope for it? Um, my hope for it is that it would always be surprising. 
that it would always have a freshness to it and it would always be a watering hole for creatives. So before we got into conference, I think we read a story out of Kings where um, God said, without the heavens opening, the pools will be full of water. On the dry ground, the pools will be full. And I think I had great hope going into conference that creatives would come parched and dry and God would just water their souls. Mm. And I think that's actually what happened. So in the future... I guess immediately, my aim is that we would just keep doing it at home because I think there's a real power in inviting people Same. into our house. I think we have a lot of rooms here where we can do masterclasses and clinics and do some real practical empowering yeah. of creatives. And that was a roaring success this year where yeah. rooms were just bursting at the seams with people learning hands-on practical ways of doing whatever's in their hand. It was a highlight. From music directing to worship leading to typography to yeah. photography and like all sorts of different things, right? Mastering, mixing, what sort of gear do you need for your church? I'm an architect, how does that work? Yeah, yeah. So I think more of the same, I would love to see our online community build. So I said to Brian, maybe 3,000 or 4,000 or 5,000 in the room and 30,000, 40,000 or 50,000 online. Yeah. And... We actually just work to build a really healthy, creative community that all inspire each other. Yeah. I guess going forward in the future, I dream about more creativity. I dream about take-home resource and curriculum. I dream about social justice programs where people can collaborate. I think you talked about that mm. a little bit at a dreaming day we had, mm. and I've been thinking about it a lot since then. Mm. I think there's just a whole nother way of doing creativity and inspiring mm. creatives. And I think community, like I think part of that conference if we can create a community where we champion each other rather than pull each other down and we don't have to create competition, it would be beautiful because I think often in that creative space there's so much competition. Um, you said something interesting there that I'd love to touch on really quickly before we wrap up. And I think it's you, you talked about all the things that you saw and you just kept going and you just keep seeing more things and your vision for it continues to grow. And I don't know if that's you just making it up as you keep talking, but I feel like working with you and watching with you, you are an imaginarium like a walking imaginarium you are constantly developing new ideas um, does it frustrate you <laughs> no i love it and <laughs> it inspires list, me i've tried not to send them anymore <laughs> and i want it like i want that for my own life how do you continue to stay fresh creative how do you keep coming up with more ideas you keep spouting them out you just spat it out 10 ideas no, i think ideas are the easy part it's the truth actually and i think outworking them's the hard part i think ideas aren't difficult do you have, have you had to train yourself to think that way? Does it just come easy to you? I think I can imagine a lot of things. I think I've always imagined a lot of things. When I was little, I told um, my teacher that I was adopted and my mum and dad had stolen me. Why? Why actually, did you do that? I don't know, because there was no photos of me and then they had my sister and then there was photos <laughs> of her. Um, but I could imagine that I was actually royalty. Right. And somehow, like, I feel like that. Just across my life, it's been real easy to imagine a whole lot of things. I think being Christian is being imaginative. Like, yeah. I actually think God imagines a better future for us mm -hmm. than what we currently walk in. And so I think when we are connected to him, imagination naturally comes because it's the way he talks to us. And he's the source. Right. Of all creativity. He's, so, the, he's the fount. And I feel like if you can't imagine, then just find people who can and get around them and then you'll start. Our senior pastors, like Brian's full of vision, right? He mm -hmm. says, without vision, people perish, is mm -hmm. what it says in the Bible. We'll always have so more vision than we have resource. More vision than resource. And he's constantly like, the next thing, the new thing, what are we doing? And I think as you hang out with people like that, you start to think that way. Which is my last question. 
actually. And you pretty much answered <laughs> it already, so you kind of ruined it for me. We'll have to do this all over again. Um, putting yourself around people who build you creatively and as a leader, right? how intentional have you had to be to make sure that you've got those people around you who are inspiring you, encouraging, developing, sharpening, mentoring, and have you just kind of fell into those relationships or have you had to seek them out diligently, especially as you get as right? you grow in leadership? I think both. Mm-hmm. I think um, you definitely have to be intentional about who you put around you and mentors and people that you can look up to and aspire to be like. And then I think God is very kind in the way he orchestrates divine friendships. Mm. So I think about people like Brian and Jen Johnson and Amanda Cook and Martin Smith and the Redmonds and people who... I guess when I was younger were my, like you'd play albums and go, oh my goodness, Martin Smith. And then all of a sudden Martin Smith becomes a friend and he becomes a guy who's texting and encouraging. And then you're like, oh, actually we can do this together. Uh So I think some of them you fall into and others you build. I've been real intentional. Robert and Amanda Ferguson are incredible leaders in our church. We are part of their connect group and we submit ourselves to their oversight and wisdom and guidance. I think I would do the same with Bobby and with Donna Crouch, with different people in our world who are ahead on the journey to us. But even you, you recognise you need to seek that out. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. We're not very good. We're learning to parent our kids. We're learning to run a creative team. We're learning like all the time. And I think without those people and then without friends who actually go, you've got a blind spot there. You're not very good at that. I think this... And it knocks me for six and then I go, yeah, what they said is absolutely right. Okay, how do I fix it? So I think we're made for community and so you take advantage of what God tells us to do. Yeah. And then you listen or learn to listen. Yeah, I love that. Cass, thank you so much for coming to join us (laughs) today. This has been inspiring for me and hopefully for all of our listeners. I hope there's plenty of stuff they can take away. Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Cass Langton. I love to hear her speak about the things that are close to her heart. And so in part one and part two of this interview, she really covered so many things that are really core to our creative team at Hillsong Church. And I hope for you at home, as you're listening, wherever you are, that you hear the heart of what she's saying and that you can take on board some of the things when it comes to our creativity that really matter. So as artists, we need to be evangelists, not just creating for art's sake. And we need to have an authentic voice, not just be copying other people and doing doing what they're doing, but really hearing from God, reading His Word, getting it into us, and then allowing that to flow out of us. So as you outwork your creativity, I pray that you'll be able to take on board some of those things and really live authentic lives, creative lives, being the best that you can be, doing the best that God would have you do. If you'd like to follow along with Cass, you can check her out at, at Cass Langton on Instagram. And at the end of the interview there, Cass talked about her heart for our worship and creative conference and gave us a really a sneak peek into the future of that. Um, we'd love to have you come along and be a part of that. If you'd like to, you can go to hillsong.com forward slash WCC. But now we're going to hear just a tiny bit more, some more food for thought from Cass Langton. I like the word reimagine because I like to think about the gospel and how do we take it and continue to tell the same story again and again but in ways that are like twisting a diamond and you go, can you see it yet? Can you see it? Can you see it? 
and all of a sudden because of the arts and the creativity that we bring to the table, people have a new revelation of who Jesus is or what he's like or the purpose of worship or the role of creativity or um, they find value and esteem or meaning in life because of what we present as a team. Well, that's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to subscribe, you can do that on iTunes, YouTube, or SoundCloud. And I'd encourage you to do that so you can be a part of the journey with us. We'd love to hear from you too. So if you want to give us your comments, do that on our Instagram. It's at HillsongWCC. And we'll see you next time.